All right, welcome to our podcast, Cocktails and Bullshit. Along with myself, Lou Rivera, and a very good friend of mine, Mr. Scott Heim, we're going to discuss just about anything and everything on this podcast. Along the way, we will enjoy a cocktail and try to grab a few laughs. So sit back, relax, and join in on the conversation. Let's get to it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad to be on here. I hope you guys had a great Labor Day weekend. I cannot believe that that is pretty much the end of summer. It went by so fast. Mr. Scott Heim, how are you doing, sir? Lou Rivera, welcome, welcome, welcome to Cocktails and Bullshit. My Labor Day weekend was absolutely amazing. We we have hit the fall here in Northwest Ohio, man. And like we said last week, there's just no better time of year. You, you get those nice hot days and nice, cool, crisp evenings. And uh, man, we, we had a good go of it. We, we got some fires in and, and got us a little, uh, we got us a little football, you know, me being the Notre Dame fan, I, I should probably, you know, eat a little bit of crow on that game. Ohio State played pretty well, but uh but but I'll I'll wait to get there till you're ready for me to jump in. You got anything before I start eating a little bowl of crow on Notre Dame football? Where are we at? Will you tell me when to go? No, not really. We had uh, a really good weekend. Gina and I decided uh, to just take a ride. We went all the way down to uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and I thought it was pretty cool down there. We stopped in a couple of uh, towns on the way down, and we just enjoyed the weekend. It was just really peaceful, real chill. We stayed at a Walmart over there. We uh, boondocked, and um, yeah, it was just a good time. How was your How was your Labor Day weekend? It was good, man. You know, I, I was thinking of you. Are you familiar with with the name Harvest Hosts? With that with that camping system, have you ever heard of Harvest Hosts before? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, different um, services that you can get, and that's one of them. The only thing that I don't like about that is that. You know, they only you they only do it for uh, wineries and maybe farms. You can go out there and uh, a lot of times they don't have full hookups and you can take advantage of that. And it's kind of a, of a network that you can use and you see where all these places are and you can stay there overnight or maybe two days. Usually they just recommend that you buy something from them as far as the business is concerned, whether it's wine or, or you know, fruit or whatever they're selling there. But, yeah, that's a. Uh, that's out there and that's a pretty pretty good service yeah i was totally thinking of you and gina because i i was thinking like that's the perfect christmas gift for you guys to to your point it's not really the right service for you guys because you need a full hookup base but because you're able to to you know to to shoot out from your base in the van and boondock like man what a perfect christmas gift somebody buys you a, a harvest host subscription and, and now, you know, you can hit some of these places and boondock at a harvest host and instead of a, a Walmart parking lot, not not anything, you know, down on Walmart parking lot. But, man, how great would it be to be at a brewery or a winery or whatever, you know? So so I've already got one on the list for, for the, the Gina and Lou list for this Christmas. Just saying. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, those uh, uh, services, there's another one called uh, Good Sam, which offers discounts if you stay in the uh, – RV campground. They don't offer serve uh, discounts for monthly, but they usually give it to you for daily and weekly. Yeah, we we actually had Good Sam for a little while, and uh, 
you know, it's just hit or miss on if we're going to jump in a state park or, or use a good Sam, you know, where you get the discount. Um, good Sam did give you a nickel at Flying J and uh, whatever the other Flying J partner is. Um, you know, so you save a little money that way. But, but you know, to your point, I mean, I, not like I'm made of money and, and I watch every dollar. But, man, it's, sometimes it's just hard to jump through all those hoops when you're you got to camp here and you want to go there kind of thing, you know. So I didn't mean to sidetrack us. I just saw a little ad, a little deal about Harvest Host, and I thought, man, that's going on the Christmas list for uh, the Rivera family. That is awesome. We'll look forward in the mailbox. So uh, where did you spend your weekend? Yeah, so we're over in Sandusky, Ohio, right down on on Lake Erie, a uh, little little private campground over there. And it, it was kind of a typical old KOA private campground on a Labor Day on a holiday weekend where you're you're packed in there like sardines. I mean, it was it was tight, but you know, I, I just don't get too sideways over that. I'm not there for the month like you are. So, you know, if I got some close neighbors for for the next couple of days, you know, just somebody else to get a beer from or offer a beer to, and uh, we uh, we had one kind of a little bit rainy day. It wasn't a washout, but uh, we went exploring on that day. And, and we ended up uh, actually in Catawba Island, which was amazing. And to live to live 40 minutes from from that area, from Catawba Island uh, and, and the Lake Erie Shore area and not spend as much time over there as we probably should have in the last 15 years is quite embarrassing. It uh, it was great. We had a, a little brewery over there called Twin O's Brewery that uh, was just amazing. I mean, it was like a, a high-end brewery on these beautiful grounds that you would expect to see like in Northern California. It was absolutely a wonderful setting. And uh, I, like I said, I, it was great. It worked out that we had a little bit of a jury day so we could kind of go exploring. And the other days were beautiful. And uh, and I got to watch a little football that didn't quite bounce my way, my friend. Yeah, this time of year is probably the best time to go camping. It's still a little hot, but it's getting a lot cooler. I saw the uh, pics that you put up on uh, Facebook. You had the, your, your whole getup uh, for watching football. You had it on the outside of the RV and all. I thought that was pretty cool. Me and uh, Gina started watching the game after you uh, had mentioned it. And, uh, man, that was a pretty good game. Yeah, I, you know, I, I ended up putting a list up to, to all my friends because I was taking a beat down from all my Ohio State fans being an Ohio guy and uh, – but he, even even the Ohio State fans said, "Hey, Notre Dame, that's the best game Notre Dame has played against them in the five, the last five we've lost now uh, with them." Um, it, you know, it, it really came down to this late in the game. You know, late third quarter, fourth quarter, their big guys just just played a lot better than our big guys, and that's really what it got down to. I leaned over to Michelle and said, "You know, late in the third quarter, that, that they're getting eight yards anytime they want eight yards." and and once the the opposing team can get eight yards anytime they want, I mean the game's over, and uh, and they beat us. Um, it was a great game. You can see in the standings we didn't slide too far because we played a, a pretty good team pretty well. Um, but but at the end of the day, all props to Ohio State. And and as I told all my Ohio State fans, now I'm a Ohio State fan every Saturday because I need them to win. I need them to stay stay top high in the ranking because I got to I gotta keep my strength of schedule up for my team and hope hope to beat a few teams. But uh, it was great, man. I got to tell you, too, the things you learn about your, your camper. I, we've had this camper now for two and a half years, and I literally was sitting there that afternoon, and I saw that, you know, I, there's this little port that says cable on the outside, and, and I've just never messed with it. I was like, you know, I bet that, I bet if I plug my TV into that, I'll get the TV antenna out here. 
And because uh, it wasn't, you know, on the back of the camper is the cable in because some campsites will offer cable. You can go cable in there. And then on the side right there by the plug, you can set up your TV and you can toggle between cable if you've run cable in or the TV antenna. So I told Michelle, I'm like, watch this. When I plug this in, I bet the TV the antenna, I bet we get the channel came right up. And we we sat out there. I don't know what it is, brother, but there's something pretty fantastic about sitting around the fireplace watching a football game at your campsite on Labor Day weekend. It was absolutely fantastic. I, I kept jumping up, and and the, the first play, I made a little too much noise, and Michelle warned me to keep it quiet. So then I just kept jumping up in complete silence and shimmying around and, you know, with, rooting on my team who was winning through halftime, and then uh, and then it just fell apart for us. But I, uh, I actually did a little research. I figured out how to make a mount for my TV, that you can pop into that channel that your awnings in and, and you basically pop in a little piece of like a one by two with a, with a little pin in that channel. And then with your TV mount mounted to that, and then you could pop your TV on it. So you can just pop your TV out from inside, pop it right out, you know, install that little piece of wood that mounts against the channel and then mount your TV right there. So I'm going to go ahead and figure out that modification because it, it, I know everybody says well, you're out there to camp. You're not out there to watch TV, but Man, with a big game on, and we're about to hit fall baseball and and the playoffs and the World Series. I mean, I gotta get we got a couple more camp camp nights in us, and man, a, a good game outside is fantastic. Yeah, I thought the game was good. It was actually a very low scoring game. I think the first and the second quarter, right? I think it was like ten seven, and I, I forgot what uh, the game finished at, but uh, was. Notre Dame, any good last year? I don't really keep up with them. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame has always been decent. I don't remember what their record was last year. And being a fan, I should remember. But, you know, the way us Notre Dame fans look at it is there's years we win national championships and years we don't. And so we haven't really remembered a year in quite a long time. Um, You know, they – they were fine, but you just always knew that they were in jeopardy of losing at any given moment. They just weren't real consistent. And and to that point, Brian Kelly, who's been their co- winningest coach of all time at Notre Dame, he's an ex-Notre Dame grad, and all of us true Notre Dame fans, when he left and went to LSU, we all celebrated because we're he's just not Notre Dame's cut from in some weird, bizarre way. You would have thought he'd have been a great coach, but he he just he was so inconsistent and had such a big ego and would do these crazy things that would cost us games. And you're like, we lost that game because of your ego, you know, because you you wouldn't punt the ball or whatever kind of thing. And uh, so the, you, you could just tell in the Marcus Freeman, who's our new coach, who, who you know, played at Ohio State and, and coached uh, down, you know, for Fickle down at, at UC. I mean, Marcus Freeman's a hell of a coach. He's a disciplinarian. He's a – He's, you know, all about the tradition of Notre Dame, and he had that team ready to play. And I'm super – you know, we're playing Marshall uh, this week. Obviously, it's, that shouldn't be like Ohio State. I'd like – you know, but the fundamentals should be there. And uh, and and nothing was better for me than on, on the next day when LSU, Brian Kelly's team that he left Notre Dame for, played Florida State. And I don't know if you saw it or not, but, but LSU missed an extra – Point attempt at the end of the game to tie the game and they lost by one point so brian kelly's 0-1 at his new job so other than winning they played a great game against ohio state if they'd have won it it'd have been a perfect weekend for me yeah i'm excited about the uh, bills and the rams playing tonight uh it kicks off at the nfl uh we're pretty stoked about that you know 
we try to uh, find uh, a state or a service that we can use because when you're on the road, uh, we don't have an uh, we don't have a cable provider, so we have to actually look at the different services that are out there that we can get the football games. And for some reason, they are all scattered all over the place. I really hate it. Uh, we ended up going with NFL Plus and uh, Paramount Plus in order to watch the games because you got NBC, CBS, and Fox. So we're just going to have to uh, toggle between each each of those uh, services just to be able to watch the game. But, man, we're super stoked. I think the, uh, the Bills are going to beat the Rams tonight. Man, Thursday night football. I've, I've been thinking all week it's like Wednesday because I'm like a day off because we didn't work on Monday. And I, Thursday night football is tonight. I wasn't even thinking that, man, until you mentioned it. That is fantastic. We we got the Bengals versus Pittsburgh on Sunday. And, uh, you know, you know enough about Cleveland that no nobody likes Pittsburgh. And uh, there's often a little bit of fisticuffs that happen between the Bengals and the Steelers. So uh, I'm excited for that game on Sunday. You know, you're talking about service and whatnot. This is crazy. We we were running the antenna for the over-the-air channels Saturday night. And the first half of the football game, we had a crystal clear, perfect picture. And then all of a sudden, it came back at halftime. And the picture started getting fuzzy and going in and out. And I was joking around on Facebook. I thought one of my Ohio State friends was maybe up on my camper, you know, messing with my antenna. So we ended up researching the channels. When I searched the channels before the game started, there were 47 channels I picked up over the air. When I searched it at halftime, there were 127 channels. Like, we were picking up Detroit, Cleveland. Like, I don't know. I don't know enough about the science of it to know if the sun goes down or if it's low clouds. Like, I don't know what makes good reception over the air and and how all that works. But, man, how do you go from 47 channels to 120 some odd channels, like in the course of a couple, three hours? Yeah, when you go to the uh, RV parks, usually they'll uh, have a setup where they're, I don't know, whichever provider they go with. You might have like 50 channels. Some have 100, some have 150. I never hook up to that. I really don't watch uh, television a whole lot, but if it boils down to having to uh, do that to watch like a football game, whether it's college or NFL, man, I'm all in. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. We, we, you know, very disappointing that my team didn't win, but uh, man, gave me a lot of hope for a great season and, and seasons to come. And then man, Joe Burrow and the Bengals wearing the same uniforms they wore in the Super Bowl, hoping for a little better outcome gonna be good yeah i liked uh i like joe burrows he uh did really good last year man to be a rookie and bring it all the way down to the playoffs that was awesome you know that's uh that's the thing right when you talk about technology it's one of the topics that i i had written down has it made it better or worse for us i mean personally has it made it better or worse for you yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's that's a great question, man. I mean, because you're right. I mean, you know, it is embarrassing to say I'm excited about how well my TV worked when I was trying to enjoy the great outdoors and camping, right? But but I also love me a little little sports, you know, and we can co- kind of combine them. It's great. Um, and, and it's the old adage, you know, we, we, with all the Teams meetings and the video conferencing, honest to God, I know we've had that for years. We've had it for 10, 15, whatever, how many years we've had it. But, but nobody was comfortable with it, and it really didn't work well until the pandemic. I mean, once the pandemic hit, we all really had to get comfortable and figure out, you know, how Zoom meetings worked and team meetings work and video conferencing work. 
and and we all we all got a lot more casual with it like now when it screws up we don't all freak out over it we just know hey let's just disconnect reconnect we'll have a better signal like you're, you're just not as intimidated by the technology in, in the office place if you will remote office anymore um but but to your question technology is always amazing until the second it's not <laughs> you know like 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 literally you know my TV was great for half of football and then it just wasn't. And it was killing me, you know, and I don't know. And to, you know, to your point, we get, we have uh, the, the jet pack, the Verizon jet pack that uh, I think we get a little bit better streaming than we do when we hotspot our phone. I think there's other stuff on the phone that causes it to not work quite as crisply as the jet pack. And, and it is nice to be able, you know, you catch a little rainy day and you want to, watch some of your shows or you, you know, you want to see the news or what's going on in the world when you're camping. It's, it's nice to get, there is something oddly special about watching a little TV in your camper. And I know that's embarrassing and silly as hell to say, but, but the technology, I mean, it makes it all work, you know? Yeah. I'm always amazed. I, I get like that too. I get really tickled when uh, you have something working, like I'll be in the van and I'll be probably at a Walmart or maybe in the middle of nowhere and I can sit back here and I can use my phone as a hotspot and just watch Netflix, YouTube. You know, I mean, it's just amazing when you really think about it, how far we've come. But for me, right, when I think about it, the other day I was just thinking in my mind, going back, right, back to the early 80s. We didn't have any of this, right? We didn't have a, a, a cell phone. Uh, right now, you know, a cell phone is like a computer in your pocket. It's got everything that you need on there. But the only thing that you ever had to think about back when was getting a beep, right? You had a beeper. Somebody would call you. You would look at it and say, like, okay, I got to get to a phone and let me call this person or what have you. So your mind wasn't always going. You know, you didn't have these little uh, dings and whistles coming at you all the time. And I feel like that sometimes is just way too much. Social media, when you look at Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, sometimes I just get over exhausted and I just got to shut it all off and just have a conversation with Gina and just go back to the norm because it could be overwhelming, you know, for some. And for me, I, I tend to just shut down after all that when it's just too much coming at me. Yeah, I, man, I love it when you get into the old man topics because, you know, that hits my sweet spot. I My first pager that I had, and thank God we don't have pagers today, and, and I don't, I'm not one of those guys that, that hooks his phone to his belt because my belt works hard enough, Lou. My belt works hard enough just holding in this belly that, that slapping a beeper, slapping a phone on it, like it's just cruel and unusual. Like it shouldn't have to do any more work than it's already doing, Right. And my first pager back in the day, circa 1989, 1990, right out of college, it, you didn't even get like a number to call. You just got a page and you had to call an 800 number to get the message that was left for you. So it, it literally was, you know, like it just buzzed. And then you had to go find find a, a phone that you could call an 800 number. And, and I was a traveling sales guy. You, you I don't know if you remember this or not, but like in our route, you know, in our territory, we always, there were some phones that were like either in a hotel and super private, super comfortable pay phones, you know, where you could get, you could make some phone calls in private uh, if you had to call customers. And there were some phones like at a gas station that had a long enough, like, you know, a headset connection that you could like bring them into your car. Like you, you dial 
And then you'd roll the window up with the cord kind of at the top of the window so you could sit in your car and talk on that phone. You probably don't even remember those days. You want to talk about pager? Yeah, I don't remember uh, that. Um, I do remember going into a dealership when I was going to uh, pick out a, a pager, right? You go in and it's almost like the, uh, the dealerships they have now for phones. You walk in and they have all these different types of pagers, different colors and what have you. I think uh, the last that I remember, they, they came out with uh, pens that were pagers. And then there were also pagers that you can call and you can leave a message. And the uh, person on the other end, when he gets that page, he can listen to, listen to that message. I think it was maybe for like 10 or 15 seconds, you can leave a message. But yeah, that goes way back. But, you know, nobody really monitor you, monitored you back then, right? Like you, nobody ever really knew where you were at or anything like that. Now... You know, it's, it's a given, right? If somebody calls you, they expect you to pick up your phone or answer them right away. 100%. You, you send an email and you get a little bit miffed if an email doesn't come right back in like a couple of minutes. You're like, what are they doing? You know, and when you think about the technology where that email is bouncing around up in the satellites, like it's a miracle that it happens that way. I, I'll tell you, you know, I was trying to explain to Trevor, my son, one day a long time ago that my first phone was mounted in the car. And I'll never forget, he was like, you know, in sixth grade or seventh grade or however old he was. And he was like, wait, it was mounted in your car, like, permanently? I'm like, yeah, it was like the coolest thing ever. Like, before I, I got a company-sponsored phone, cell phone in my car, I used to just have the fake antenna. So I'd look cool, right? Then when I really got one, it was a big deal. And he was like, yeah, but I don't understand. You could only use it in your car? I'm like, yeah, it was it was affixed to your car. He thought that was quiet. Why in the hell would you ever want a phone that you could only use in your car? Like that didn't make sense to him, you know? And yeah. then uh, there's the, remember when Nextel came out? I remember when we got those and you could like walkie talkie with them. Oh my gosh. That was like being 10 years old and playing army all over again with those, man. Talk about screwing off during the workday. Yeah. Little by little, uh, I think when Apple came out with their iPhone, man, it was over with. I mean, they just took it to another level. But you know, my phone that I got, uh, I was talking about it last week. I've got the uh, Google pixel six uh pro and you know i was having problems doing the videos so i went ahead and they replaced it and i got a, another uh google pixel six uh and it the same shit was happening with that phone so i don't know if it's the phone itself i'm pretty sure it is that they're having those issues and nobody would help me i called verizon a guy said oh you might you know if it was me i would just go to uh, google and uh, see if they can do anything for you. I was like, all right, thanks, bye. And I just hung up because it just seems to me now that customer service, the people there, they don't really have any knowledge of anything anymore. I don't know where they get them from or if they get the proper training, but they can pretty much never help you when you need when you need help. Um, but I did figure out if you guys have this phone and you're doing video and it does shut off on you because it's getting too hot, the way to work around that is you just have to shut off your cell service all together while you're doing video. And for me, that works out really good because I could be, you know, half hour to an hour uh, shooting video. So I'll just shut that off. And that cleared it up. I guess oh. the, uh, the, the 5G was trying to use so much battery that it was fighting with, uh, you know, the, uh, the camera app and it was causing to do that. So that was pretty interesting. That's a good fix, man. Yeah. I've got the, the pixel six XL as well. 
And uh, I just updated with uh, Android 13. And, and last weekend, man, it was my battery was just going to shit. And I think it was because I was at this remote campground and it would go in and out of 5G. And I think the 5G, it was trying to connect to 5G and burning it up a little bit. I don't know. It seems to be fine now that I'm back, you know, back in places I normally am at. But, you know, to your point, I mean, if it, if it doesn't work flawlessly, we get frustrated, right? I mean, technology is amazing until the second it's not, you know. Yeah, especially if you uh, pay a lot of money for it, you know. This was an expensive phone, so it was uh, it was aggravating. But I can work with that, you know. I, I don't mind the phone itself. I love the phone, and it shoots video in high quality. So uh, I didn't I didn't want to get rid of the phone. But yeah, my uh, brother, who's a kind of a brainiac, said that the five G that they have now is really not doing anything because we haven't really caught up with that technology. He said just to uh, put it down to LTE, and uh, that should solve the issue. But I'm just going to shut the, the uh, cell phone service off altogether, and and I shouldn't have that problem, hopefully. That's awesome. You got it working. Cool. Guys, if you want to leave a comment or if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at cocktailsandbs at gmail.com. That is cocktails, A-N-D-B-S, at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Cocktails and BS. So uh, you want to uh, get us into the cocktail half hour? Yeah, man, I love it. So, so this this cocktail segment it, it is a weekend was a Labor Day weekend worth of uh, I'm going to just call it research, Lou. I think I did some pretty good research for for the podcast. I decided that it's Oktoberfest season. All the Oktoberfest beers come out. And in fact, I'm a little frustrated that the pumpkin beer, I'm not a pumpkin anything guy. I'm not a fan of pumpkin. We can have that be a topic for another another podcast. And I'm really pissed when the pumpkin stuff gets in the way of my Oktoberfest because I look forward to the Oktoberfest beer every year. I feel like Sam Adams is the is the gold standard for Oktoberfest beers. I don't know why. I just feel like that's one of my favorites. It, it was one of the first ones to kind of launch, you know, in the seasonal every year. And then, you know, obviously now everybody's got one. But so I, I went and I got a couple of local beers. I got the, you know, the Sam Adams Oktoberfest. I got a uh, Ernest Brewworks, which is a Toledo brewery, their Oktoberfest. I got the Malmy Bay Brewery uh, Oktoberfest. And then I got uh, a lot of people know Shiner Bach from Shiner, Texas. Well, Shiner made an Oktoberfest this year. And then uh, Rheingeist, which is the brewery out of Cincinnati that we went to a uh, week before last. And and so I, I just said, my wife and I, we drank those beers kind of in and out all week and long. And, and I kind of force ranked them to, you know, favorite. First of all, there was not a bad one in the bunch. They were all amazing. They were all wonderful. Uh, Sam Adams is still my favorite. And maybe that's just in my head. I don't know, because they were all pretty close. But, but I feel like Sam Adams is pretty great. And then I felt like the Mommy Bay and the Shiner kind of came in next. And then the, the Ernest Brew Works and the Rheingeist were just a little bit drier. So, Again, not a bad one in the bunch. Uh, just a little bit more on the dry spectrum with the with the Ernest Brew Works and the Rheingeist, and a little bit more not sweet, but just just you know a little less savory with the with the rest of them. With Sam Adams being number one, so so that is uh, the cocktail segment for me this weekend with the Oktoberfest beer. And uh, please, if any of our fans out there have some Oktoberfest beers that they love, please send us an email cocktails and bs at gmail.com cocktails and bs at gmail.com tell us your favorite 
Oktoberfest beer. And man, I will gladly go pick it up, have a drink of it, and uh, give you my two seconds on that as well next week. How about you, man? You have what's your latest and greatest for cocktails? Well, I've been uh, kind of cheating. I've been sipping on my drink throughout the podcast. I'm sticking with what I had pretty much last week. I've got the uh, Crown Royal, or as Samuel Jackson would say, the Crown Royal. But I've got the uh, apple flavor whiskey, and I'm just pouring that in with uh, some Coke, and I've got some ice in it, and it just tastes delicious. I really like that apple flavor. A lot of people like uh, the uh, Jack and Coke, but I think Crown is so much smoother. It goes down a lot easier. Yeah, I uh, that Crown is right now with all the flavors that they've got out there. I've not gotten into that. I, I think I told you I've I made this commitment to myself that I was going to drink through everything in my house that's accumulated over years and years and years before I make a candy store run and reload with some new liquor. And uh, I'm finally just about done. I'm down to the scotches, and I'll, I'll tell that story in a second. But uh, one, one on my list is to try one of those those fruited crowns, man, because they people just rave over them. And you're You've talked about it now for a couple of weeks. You're really enjoying it. So that's definitely on the list. I'm down to the single malt scotches, you know, 20 years ago before the bourbon craze, you know, maybe I'm getting old 25 years ago was the single malt scotch craze. And and I, I love a couple of, of the lighter single malt scotches. I love the Dow Winnie is a, is a single malt. I like, I like the Oban is a single malt that I like. And, and I've had bottles of those that people find out you like them. And so they get it for you for a gift. And, and before you know it, you got bottles and bottles of that stacking up behind your bar. And so I've been working through all that stuff and I'm down to the single malts. And, and I, I mean, this is so embarrassing. People are going to send us hate mail, but, but I love a little, you know, a, a little Jameson and, and ginger ale. Like I love, but I'm now out of Irish whiskey. So I actually popped off a little single malt scotch with a little ginger ale. And I shot a note over to my friend and, he was like, dude, really? I mean, you're kind of wasting the single malt, which I 100% was wasting the single malt. But but I was sitting outside in an evening, Friday night, and it, you know, every now and then you like just a little bit of that sweet ginger ale with that whiskey is just so delightful. So I had a few of those. Outside of the, the Oktoberfest beers, my, my dessert cocktail was a little ginger ale and single malt scotch, as embarrassing as that is. So please, no hate mail. I know better, but that's what I had, and it worked for me. Yeah, I like that uh, ginger ale and Jamerson, man. That always is a good combination. But you know, I always um, I always uh didn't know if these would taste that good. You know, the ones with the flavor because they've got uh, Crown's got the apple and they also have vanilla and I think they have the peach also. And I, I never really wanted to try them because I didn't really want to fuck up a good thing. I just like Crown straight Crown with Coke. But man, they taste really good. I'm not complaining. It's funny, uh, you know, the guy that I was like, yeah, this is what I'm drinking. He's like, dude, really? He goes, I, just go have a seven and seven. I, I kind of forgot. That's an old school cocktail, too. The old Seagram seven whiskey and uh, and a little seven up. You know, you forget that's that's a that's a drink my parents would drink back in the day. You know, order a seven and seven. I don't know if you ever had one yeah. of those, but that's a tried and true cocktail as well. You know, right, right. Hey, so uh, what did you think uh, uh, last week with uh, Joe Biden's speech? Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. There's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald <laughs> Trump and the MAGA Republicans. 
Yeah, man, I, you get me going on Joe Biden every week, and it just makes my face hot, and I start getting grumpy as hell. He, uh, he's crazy, dude. I don't know any other way to say it. I mean, he's he's lost his mind. Like I don't I don't know who's feeding him the direction. Um, I, I don't I don't know how. You know, I, I posted up on Facebook. Um, what's the phrase? The MAGA MAGA. You know, the, the, the MAGA right wingers, but he had a different name for it. You know, I mean, you, you're you alienating. You know, you just threw out today's version of the deplorables and, and everyone who feels like they want to have a great country that, that likes that part of Trump. You've just now pissed off. And, and then and then, you know, two minutes later, next day later, you, you're saying how you're the great unifier. He's lost his mind, brother. That's what I think about it. What do you think about it? Yeah, I, I don't know what really what he's trying to accomplish. And that whole administration, even down to the uh, press secretary, they always talk about uniting the country. I mean, that's what they keep trying to do. But it seems like every time they get out there, they're doing the complete opposite. Now, the Republican Party today is dominated, driven and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. So I don't really get it. You know, like, what are they trying to get at? We are so divided right now, and I really don't see this coming together in a very long time. I mean, you're going to have to get somebody in there, really, that uh, can unify this country. But um, what did you think about the whole setup? I mean, it was pretty creepy. I mean, it, it really looked like it was it was something out of a... Uh, you know, Germany. Hitler. Yeah, the, I think the only thing he was—I think the only thing that he was that Joe Biden was missing was his uh, dog major, the German Shepherd, as a Gestapo. <laughs> yeah, it was the craziest thing ever. I don't—I don't know who thought the optics on that made any sense at all. If if you had decided you wanted to look like something out of the Third Reich in its prime, that's how you would do it. Like it was, it's just the craziest thing ever. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, just, just when I try to lighten up a little bit and not get caught up in that whirlwind of that shit show that is our day in and day out politics, I catch that and it just winds me up more. It, it's, I don't know, man. It's mind numbing. They got to have somebody that's pretty good on the left, on the Democratic side, that's actually smart and can actually talk and it just it's mind-blowing to think that with everybody that's out there that they could have chosen to run they chose joe biden yeah yeah no and you know i saw uh, did you catch uh obama you know they were in the white house and 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 he says it, it was all predetermined. They were just having fun with each other. When he looked over at Biden and said, "Hey, Mr. Vice President," or whatever the heck he said, yeah, it was um, the the day that the Obamas were in in the White House because they were doing the I don't know whatever they do, not the presidential library, but but some something like you know put up the presidential portrait or whatever they did for the Obamas, and he was in the White House for that. And he walked up to the po Obama walked up to the podium to speak and. And he looked over at Joe Biden. He said, I'd like to thank the vice president. And everybody started laughing. And he's like, I'm kidding. That was all pre-set up. He knew I was going to say that. Dude, not at all, man. I mean, 
He he knows Obama only has himself to blame. He resurrected Joe Biden. Joe Biden was put to pasture and he brought him back to life. I felt uh, I felt sorry for him because they there's when Obama was there. And I know exactly what you're talking about now. I, I did see that. But uh, when uh, Obama was there and uh, everybody wanted to, to go up to him and Joe was just wandering around in the background, uh, didn't know where to go. It's uh, it was just kind of sad. Very sad. They're making the same mistake that they always make where where they just start saying everything that's wrong with the right side um, and the right side or the right side. You know, the, the, the Republican side, the Republican side's making the same mistake of not coming to the table with, you know, here's what I want to do different. And I, I'm hoping that that it's just still early. But at some point, right or left, Republican or Democrat, I want to hear people talk about how they're going to impact my life, how they're going to make, you know, my, I, I really wanted to tee up a topic and we'll do it for another day. I'm just not in the right frame of mind this week, but I would like to talk a little bit about Roe v. Wade, because to me, that's a, that's a great one to be a bit of a centrist on. Like, like there are elements, I, I certainly want, you know, abortion to be, uh, you know, all of that to be managed differently than Roe v. Wade, because I think that was just bad law how they put that together at the same time. I, I, I want a woman to have the right to choose what happens with their body. And I, I think there's, there's room and reasons and, and circumstances that kind of dig. I don't think it's a hard, this or that type of topic. So, so to me, and I don't want to get into that today, but, but there are certain topics, you know, I, I don't want people out on the street, not able to provide for themselves. I, I think there are, there's government assistance that can be a good centrist type of thing, you know, but but not the way we're doing it today. You know, let, let's create a work program and let's teach people skills and whatever that looks like. People get down on their luck and have it. There are a lot of great topics that the right and left could come together on and, and make our lives, Joe, Joe Public, you and me, you know, the, the, the average American lives better with with better policy. And we just don't see it every day. This side's fighting over this and making these comments and the same thing on the other side. So somebody's got to yeah. come break through that. The Supreme Court really has nothing to do with that as far as abortion. I mean, they don't pass the laws. Um, I think personally that should just be left up to the state, but that's just me. Um, I think that if the Democrats and the Republicans, whoever it is, they're just going back and forth. You know, the Republicans are talking shit about the Democrats. Democrats are talking shit about the Republicans. Like, why don't you just stick to, to your, your subject, right? Like, what are you going to do for this country? You know, they're, they're both going to be different, right? The left and the right. But just stick to that and stop getting into this back and forth stuff. It just doesn't really help anyone. It doesn't help out the country. And they just look like big, fat babies. But do you remember back when, when it used to be really something to, uh, you know, everybody, no matter who the president was, you were always behind your president, right? You didn't really ever hear anybody talk bad about uh, the president. Uh, when, when, remember when Bush was president and the Dixie Chicks said something about him or what have you, and all of a sudden it didn't matter if you were on the left or right, uh, you denounced that. Like, yeah, you cannot talk about the president, right? And now it's everybody's saying stuff, you know, including us. Uh, yeah. There's nobody's holding back anymore and uh and saying what they what they think about the president whether good or bad 
And now with this whole thing with uh, my Sunter, my uh, my Sunter, my son Hunter Biden uh, coming out the movie. I mean, can you believe if you were Hunter Biden to see oh. somebody do something about your life and what's going on right now? And it's not in a positive way. I mean, it's got to be god awful. You can get that uh, right now. You can uh, either download it or own the, uh, the copy of it for twenty one ninety nine. I think I'm just going to wait and see what happens and uh, see if they bring that price down a little bit. Yeah, it, it's I mean, and that's all documented stuff like his. It's legendary. The amount of time he spent out at the Chateau out in California and just went on drug binges. I mean, crazy. I talk about drinking, you know, going camping for a weekend and enjoying lots of different kinds of Oktoberfest or whatever. This cat was, was, you know, rocking the eight ball for, for weeks on end. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine how, how, I mean, that is the president of our country's son. I mean, remember, remember when the story about a president's child was, you know, they were estranged because they, they held a different point of view or something, you know, the, the, the democratic president's son was Republican like that. That was, holy smokes. Are you kidding me? Now, I mean, now you got this going on. I mean, that cat's life and the, and all of the, and, and I, this is awful to talk about, but all the crazy shit with his brother and, and his brother's wife and, oh, it's just so twisted and sorted, Matt. I mean, and here we go, you know, and, and just to close that piece, we should do a full topic on, on Roe v. Wade and all that decision. But I agree 100 percent with you. It should be when, when I say it's bad law, that's why the Supreme Court, in my opinion, had to do what they did. And it should be a, a state law. And, and you can vote with your feet. I just also agree that I don't know that's hard and fast. I think I think there are some some circumstances and th- some things around it where, you know, it, it could be lawful in a, in a given situation, life threatening situation, things of that nature. Again, another topic for another day. But I, I think you and I probably line up on that pretty close. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think the uh, Supreme Court as uh, should should be involved in that. They really don't have anything to do with passing a law. You know, they just uh, they did that. And uh, everybody's up in arms because they felt that uh, it was up to them. But it's really not up to them. But real quick, before we uh, end out on this topic here, you know, it's a shame because nothing has really happened and nobody is, uh, you know, he hasn't been arrested. Right. Hunter Biden. But then you look at the poor you look at the poor laptop repairman. Right. The guy that uh, had the laptop. I mean, his life was turned upside down. Uh, he had to close up his shop. His name, I think his name is John Paul Mac Isaac. And he's got a book out. It's called American Justice, American Injustice, My Battle to Expose the Truth. And I, that's one dude that I really, really feel sorry for. And it seems like it's always a little guy that, that gets the shit end of the deal. Yeah, because the machine is the machine. I mean, a- anyone who who doesn't think the machine is the machine is crazy. I mean, it's easy to overlook it with Trump because Trump is Trump and that exhausts some people. It exhausts you and I from time to time. But stuff that has happened to Trump, I mean, you know, the 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 voicemails and the text messages of Peter Strzok and and those knuckleheads. I mean, that that is, you know, there there are a core group of the machine that that want power and want to keep power and do everything possible to maintain power. 
And don't think for a second that those at that level of power aren't right here to grind out the little guy as, as do not pop your head up because you will get whack a mole And that's, that's what's going on with that guy. Yeah, it's a shame. Did you see the uh, comparison they did with uh, uh, Joe Biden when he was up in uh, Virginia and um, he was giving a speech between him and Trump? Trump went on Saturday. I think Joe Biden went before him and then Trump went after. Uh, I didn't see that. Did the comparison. Like, what, what's the deal? Like, how come Joe Biden, when he does speeches, he can't fill up the House? I mean, it seems like they probably have like 200 people. And then you look at Trump and he's got like thousands of people out there. It's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, they 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 got to keep Trump on the the, the teleprompter because he just wants to talk to people and just wants to express his, his point of view openly. And he, he, he's got it so solid in his mind. He's happy to do that at any given time. And so they're, they're trying to reel him in. And then you got Biden, who, I mean, he can't even read it word for word. Then he's trying. He's, he's giving it all. He's got to read it word for word. He, he starts freelancing a little bit. And before you know it, he's telling a story that has this not even related to whatever the hell he was just talking about. It's just it's sad. Right. So did you uh, you said you wanted to talk about some chicken wings? Yeah, man. All this politics and all this serious conversation, man. I think we should take it home today with uh, with a, a topic about chicken wings. And that ties to football and the fall. And man, I, I love me some chicken wings. And, and I. I love traditional bone-in wings. I love boneless wings. I like this company's that company. So I just wanted to have a little. You and I never talked about it. I'd like to get your opinion on what you like. I I feel like BW3s, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings, they were the originate, like they were the first one to have all these sauces, man. You know, you you could get your 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 classic buffalo wing in a lot of different places. A lot of different bars had good ones, a lot of different restaurants. But I feel like B-Dubs had the first, like, super wide range. You know, we never had Parmesan garlic. We never had teriyaki. We never had Asian zing until until B-Dubs came out with it. So we used to always love B-Dubs. And, and, then, and then their wings just started getting smaller and smaller, but they made good boneless. So we, we moved over to boneless. We're like, oh, the boneless are good. And then all of a sudden, like, you would go get an eight-piece boneless and a beer, and with tip, your bill was like $32. And it's like, I had like eight boneless wings and a and a tall beer, and, and it was served to me in like a little cardboard tray. What the hell? That was $32? So, you know, like, I started getting pissed at B-dubs because, like, I'm, I'm not paying that kind of money to have, to have my shit show up in a little cardboard tray. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... So then, I, you know, I I, I, learned, I hit. I don't know if you've been to a. Uh, you ever been to a Buffalo Wings and Rings? Have you ever been to a Buffalo Wings and Rings? The Buffalo Wings and what? Buffalo Wings and Rings. So like onion rings, like that's what it's called. Buffalo Wings and Rings. Now is that, that the name of a place, or is that just the platter? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That's the name of a restaurant chain. It's a restaurant chain. I don't know where they're based. Somewhere here in the Midwest, but. Buffalo wings and rings, and brother, I'm telling you, their boneless wings are the best ever. They're absolutely amazing, and and I'm a blue cheese guy versus a ranch guy, and they make their homemade scratch blue cheese dressing, man, and it's got the chunks of blue cheese in it. It is so good, that, and they have they were the first ones, in my opinion, to really come out with good dry rubs. So, like, their lemon pepper is amazing. They do a Cajun dry rub. Um, so for boneless wings now, I like to go to Buffalo Wings and Rings. 
And then are you familiar with Wingstop? They're actually out of, I think, Oklahoma or out maybe Texas, out that general neck of the woods. Do you know Wingstop? Yeah, they are advertising the uh, chicken wings or the chicken sandwich now with all the different flavors. Yeah, they're good, man. I That's my preferred wing now for a bone-in wing. They do a really nice bone-in wing. I, I will tell you, there's nothing heart-healthy about them. I mean, they deep fry the shit out of them. But, man, there's just nothing like some good wing stop, traditional wings, and, and all their flavors are pretty good. And then just lastly, and then I'll let you tell me if there's any particular wings you love, but we have a place here. It's actually out of Finley, Ohio, uh, and, and I think they're up to, man, maybe a dozen locations. Uh, you know, they come up to northwest Ohio. There's down some in Columbus, Ohio, but it's called Beer Barrel Pizza, and they make an amazing bone-in traditional wing, and they have what they call is their Jameson sauce. So it's kind of like a, a barbecue whiskey sauce, if you will, uh, a, a little a little less tangy and a little more rich on the barbie on the barbecue whiskey side. Oh, that is my top number one pick, bone in wing beer barrel pizza. How about you, man? You got any wings you love? Or are you not a wing big wing guy? Oh uh, no, man, we love wings, especially uh, watching football, wings and beer. Hell yeah, dude! You know we like uh, we like them. Either a bone in or bone out. I mean, we like them both. Um, the uh, Buffalo Wings, uh, the, the restaurant that you were talking about, we like them. Right. Have you ever have you ever gone to um, Buffalo? Because I mean, you're in Ohio, right? Have you ever gone yeah. to Buffalo where where they originated? I haven't, man. It's a crime, right? Because it's not what is it? Six hours? It's not that far. And uh, I mean, I hear they're magnificent up there, man. I. We always say, as, as a, this tells you my pathetic life, but one of our bucket list items is to, I want to sit in a damn pub bar in, in Buffalo and have Buffalo wings because I bet they're pretty amazing. Well, they originated at the Anchor Bar, so they say. And, uh, yeah, their wings there are really, really good. But we love all the flavors, man, and they just got so many of them. The best for us, though, is every time we order wings and you don't normally get it, it's not very consistent. But we like ours crispy. Like if we're going to get uh, buffalo wings, we like ours crispy. And a lot of times they're not that crispy. And I just can't stand when they're like greasy and soggy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I that's the worst, man. And another tip I got from a buddy of mine. One day we were at Buffalo Wild Wings and he ordered whatever he ordered. He said, I'd like those wet. And I looked up. I was like, what? He's like, you watch how they come. You know, just they're sauced a little heavier, you know, and. They're, I can't get them that way all the time because sometimes you're just not in the mood to, to fight with your food that much. But but every now and then, a good, mild, traditional buffalo-style wing wet with a little extra buffalo sauce, man. And crispy, like you said, that's a hell of a wing. And, and my favorite is having wings with a lot of people because then you can get a lot of different varieties and try new ones because I hate to give up. Like, I don't want to not have what I love, but I'd like to try some other flavors. So if you got, you know, six, eight people sitting around the table watching a game, drinking some beer, you know, you can get six of these, six of those, six of that, and you can try some new ones. So I love me some buffalo wings, man. Well, what do you like them with, uh, celery or carrots? Yeah, I'm not, to me, that's all extra required stuff that, that I, you know, I'll eat the celery because I'm trying to keep the carbs down and what have you. But, but let's be honest, when I'm going to eat beer and wings, I'm not really too worried about the carbs and, it's blue cheese for me, man, and and I'll have I'll have bone in. I'll have, I have I love spicy as I can get, 
but spicy doesn't love me at the age of 55 anymore. So I've kind of toned down my spice. I used to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and get those blazing wings, man. And I would eat them till I fell out of the seat. And unfortunately, I'd, I'd pay the price for that for about the next three days. So I, I've kind of geared down the ultra spicy, but I love some good spicy wings and, and all the different flavors of blue cheese, man. Well, what's your, uh, what's your favorite uh, wing sauce? Like if you have to go and you're going to make some wings and you go to the supermarket, what do you normally get? Yeah, man, I, it's so embarrassing. Again, I love me a, a good teriyaki wing. I love teriyaki sauce. And I, I love a spicy Parmesan garlic. Like, you know, I, and I always love a traditional buffalo. You know, like like I always throw some traditional buffalo in the mix. And then if there's enough people, I'll go teriyaki. And I'll go Parmesan garlic next and throw a few. And then I, I like a few Asian zings and a few hots. And, you know, it just depends how many people. But I always get a little bit of mild buffalo. I always get a little teriyaki. And then if there's enough people around, let's get some some Parmesan garlic and then work our way through. And I, I do. I'm starting to really like the, the dry rubs, man. I, lemon pepper. Trev got some the first time I ever had them. And it sounded disgusting to me. They're freaking amazing, man. If you've never had lemon pepper dry rub, it's worth a get. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about, and I love that lemon pepper. That is good, man. I'll, I'll do the pizza. Or I'll do the traditional Franks if I'm making them at home. I'll do them on the smoker sometimes. They just get a little rubbery. But but I like the pizza and the Franks with, with a whole bunch of butter. Oh, so good, man. Yeah, man. I love that uh, Franks wing sauce. Isn't that like the traditional buffalo, like from Buffalo? Don't they use, like, Franks and, and butter, I think, is in the mix a little bit there, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if it is or not. When I worked up in Checkers, up in Buffalo, um, they had a lot of different flavors. But as far as uh, Buffalo wing sauce, they use Franks, and uh, that always had a good flavor. I don't know about you, but I have to have my wings fried. And Checkers does fry their wings, and they were really good. But I worked at uh, Papa John's, and I think Papa John's and Domino's do the same thing. They bake their wings. And I got to tell you, I probably ran those wings maybe about five or ten times through that uh, oven just to get it sort of crispy. But normally they would come out really rubbery. I just could not stand it. I can't eat wings that way. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I even like, I forget where it is. I want to say maybe is it the Rusty Bucket where they they fry them, they rebread them, and then they fry them again like they do a double fry. Have you ever had those before? Uh, no, but like I said, uh, we, we like them crispy. So, man, usually we'll get them fried uh, two or three times. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's a rusty bucket. I have to look it up. But, uh, yeah, man, I love it. And, you know, I eat most of my meals on the road sitting at a bar. And, and honestly, I mean, the wings, I mean, yeah, they're fried. But, but at least you're not eating, a, you know. You, you can If you can get them, you know, naked, you can kind of stay on your diet a little bit with them and get through them and uh, – you know, it's not like I'm eating a big cheeseburger or a big bowl of pasta, you know. Man, well, I wanted to take us home with a nice, light, and easy topic. And and again, man, peeps, all of our uh, listeners out there, if you love some chicken wings, you know, let us know. Hit us at cocktailsandbs at gmail.com. Tell us your favorite wings. We'll go give them a go and give them a little review live on the air. Yeah, for sure. Hey, before we uh, head on out, uh, did you hear anything about uh, Mr. Mike Lindell and his My Coffee? Man, I knew you were going to hold me by the commitment on that. So I did get an email back from the fine people at uh, at My Coffee. And uh, their suggestion was that that I buy some ground coffee and use the uh, 
the the manual K cup device. I kind of forgot that the 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 Keurig does have that you know little device that you can put ground coffee into and uh, and plug into your Keurig. So if I'm going to do that, I just bust out my old French press and make some coffee. So I that just happened uh, probably just before the weekend. So I need to get online and order some ground coffee and and do a little sampling for the peeps. So I'm glad you're holding me to my commitment. I let's hope for next week. If the order comes in time, I can give you a full report on how the my coffee tastes. Yeah, I can't believe they're just not uh, send you, sending you out a, a sample. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Please tune in uh, next week. We'll have so much more to talk about and uncover. Until then, you guys have a glorious week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Love you guys. Love you guys. Have a good week. Yeah, take care, buddy. Have a good week. Cheers, Lou. Nice job today, buddy. Thank you.